Welcome, Shark Nation. It is Football Friday, and we have another Shark Radio episode for you today. we got a little smaller show for you today. We have a little light on athletic events this week. Some schedules didn't align for any coach interviews this week as well. But we did have a couple installments of the Hometown Showdown, which, of course, is any athletic event that has May River and Bluffton facing off. We also will have some football game info and this week's summary of May River Athletics. First, boys and girls cross country ran at USC Beaufort this past Saturday and had another successful event. The boys finished third with Cohen McDonald pacing the Sharks again for the second consecutive week. Cohen finished second with a time of 17 minutes and 33 seconds, and Noah Wasserman was eighth place with a time of 18.08. Remember, the boys and girls cross-country runners run a 5K, which is 3.1 miles. Well, good job, fellas. Third-place finish at USC Buford. The girls, they won their second consecutive meet, with Anya Arroyo winning her second individual title as well this year. Anya ran a 19-22 as the champion, and Vicky Sosa was third with a 20-22, and Ashlyn Bapowitz finished fourth with a 20-minute, 45-second 5K. Congratulate. Congratulations, ladies, on your championship. The girls' tennis team had the big match of the week as they faced off with Bluffton on Tuesday evening. The Sharks were victorious by the score of five matches to one. Olivia Rose Besecker won in straight sets, 6-3 to 6-4. Delaney Brown broke serve late in her first set and went on to win in straight sets, 7-5, 6-4. Other victories were by Molly Durker, Jalen Basinger, and doubles team of Sosie Spires and Sarah Polkinen. Congratulations, ladies. They're off to a 1-0 start. The boys' JV football team had a late addition to the schedule as they kicked off against Bluffton as well last night. Bluffton had a game canceled on them late Wednesday night and called up the Sharks, and the Sharks on short notice got on the bus and headed down the road and routed the Bobcats 33 to nothing. It was all May River early and often. Jasper Cason gashed the Bobcats on the ground, all night and scored three touchdowns. Karan Green added a touchdown, and Tanner Macy added a long touchdown pass to Joseph Schroeder as well. The defense dominated all night, allowing only one Bluffton first down. The JV Shark football team will be back in action next Thursday versus Lucy Beckham here in the tank. Kickoff will be 6 p.m. Volleyball and golf are off this week. Look to get back in action next week in the region play. The boys and girls swim team did face off against Bluffton and Hilton Head, but we are still waiting results and, and we'll report those to you on next week's Shark Radio episode. We will be right back with some football information and game analysis, but first let's hear a word from our sponsor. Shark Radio is sponsored by Palmetto Bug Company, a commercial and residential bug control solution. Owned and operated by an educational professional, we make customer service a priority. Palmetto Bug Company. All right. Thanks to Palmetto Bug Company for your sponsorship. Now let's talk some high school football. First, remember all ticket sales are online or by credit card at the gate. No cash sales for tickets this year. The online ticket sales will stop at approximately 4 p.m. today. If you don't have a ticket by then, you can still get a ticket at the gate with a credit card if you didn't get one online. We are still selling season passes 
And the Booster Club is still taking memberships as well as VIP parking for all home football games. With VIP parking, you get season passes for all sports and parking behind the home stands. You also get your own gate to enter to avoid the crowds of that main gate. If you are interested in Booster Club membership or VIP passes, please visit the May River Booster Club Facebook page for more information and purchasing options. All right, now on to the night's game. We have yet another big time and quality opponent coming into the Shark Tank tonight in the Wade Hampton Red Devils. Just a short time ago, May River and Wade Hampton were battling for 3A region titles and lower state supremacy. But since then, the Sharks have moved up to 4A, but continue to battle the Red Devils on the gridiron. Head coach Jerry Brown of the Wade Hampton Red Devils has since left to coach Berkeley High School, but Wade Hampton will still bring a very talented and fast team to May River tonight. They have made the move from the triple option attack to the spread attack, but they will still feature very good running from that spread. May River will look to continue to dominate on the ground as they have not just this year, but for the last four years. The keys to the night will be which defense can get their opponents into third and five or more. Whoever's doing that more often, I think we'll have a great chance of winning this big time matchup tonight. We look forward to seeing everyone. Remember, kickoff is at 7.30. Get there early and let's go Sharks. Up next, it will be the world-renowned college football pick'em segment with our quote-unquote expert panel of Coach Powell and Coach Whitmore. We will be right back. Shark Radio is brought to you by Low Country Lawn Systems, a new and upcoming business. LCLS specializes in yard drainage, irrigation, and landscape installs. Call Low Country Lawn Systems with all of your outdoor yard needs today. All right, welcome back, Shark Nation. It is time for college football pick'em. We got a special edition today, the 20, 20th anniversary of 9-11. They're playing on Obviously, Saturday the 11th, so our thoughts and prayers go out to all the servicemen and women um, who dealt with that on that day and all the families affected. Um, so our thoughts are with them today. That said, we got 10 games for you. you got a special game in there. Thinking of 9-11, Navy Air Force, which we'll get to a little bit later. But we're going to start off with tonight's matchup. we got Coastal Carolina. They are minus 35 and a half. 25 and a half. Minus 25 and a half, sorry. Big, big line with a Power 5 team coming. It's Kansas. They're not any good, but they are Power 5. Coastal, big-time favorites. Coach Whitmore will start you off. What do you like? Yeah, when I first saw this number, I uh, I thought it seemed pretty high as well. I mean, the Jayhawks, though, they're coming off a huge home win. The fans stormed the field. Well, they stormed the field because they beat South Dakota. And that win snapped a 13-game losing streak. And I can tell you, I've been there before. Those streaks aren't fun. You see, my sophomore and junior years in college, our team had a 12-game losing streak, longest in the country at that time, and we also stormed the field at home after beating mighty Buffalo in Peden Stadium. So, Kansas, good for you. Okay. Now, on to this game. Kansas was outgained by South Dakota last week. They only rushed for 82 yards themselves. Um, now I don't know much about Kansas. I know even less about South Dakota, but I do know that Coastal is better than both of them. The question is, are they four touchdowns better? I say not this week. Sean's win, but only by 24, 41-17. I will reluctantly take Kansas. Man, Kansas Jayhawks, like Coach Whitmore just said, big, big, big win last week. They're storming the field. 
a lot of laughing stock on Twitter this week about that. But again, when you don't win and you finally do, it doesn't really matter who it's against. Um, Kansas Jayhawks. I'm not, who who is their coach? Do we know? No, I didn't recognize the name I when I, I looked at it yesterday. I, I didn't either. Um, therefore, I'm, I'm not really sure. It might um, be Zeb Nolan. I think. Sounds right. Oh uh, no, he's a coach he's Miles. a quarterback at Carolina. Carolina, that's it. Um, Miles is no longer there. It didn't really help the revitalization of the Kansas Jayhawks either. The Chants, man, they, they figured out how to make them the marquee matchup. They're playing on Friday night here, a big, big-time game for them in terms of the national audience who aren't watching the Sharks play Wade Hampton. will be tuned in to the Chanticleers. Um, that's a lot of points, man, when you're talking about a team who's just arrived in terms of being a, a well-known team versus a Division One team in a Power Five. 25 and a half. Man, that's a lot of points. However, it's at home. I wasn't very good last week, but I'm going to roll with my, my chance once again. Yeah, it is a big number. I'm going to go with Coastal. We've been on them forever. I'm going to keep keep rolling with them. No Kansas can prove they beat someone with a pulse. I'm going to go Coastal minus 25 and a half. Up next, Saturday noon, big noon kickoff for the Big Ten. Oregon travels across the country to Columbus, Ohio. And we got Oregon at Ohio State. Ohio State again, two touchdown receivers, <coughs> just like they were last year or last week up in Minneapolis. Coach Powell, we're starting with you. What do you got? Man, again, I, I think this was going to be what I thought was one of the premier matchups of the weekend. Um, however, Oregon, man, they got off to a really, really slow start last week. Um, I think their little best player, which is supposed to be a perennial top five uh, pick in next year's NFL draft, went down. Last I heard, he is probably not going to be available. Uh, based on the information I got, I'm sure Coach Whitmore looked a little bit deeper into it because he's been watching Buckeye Planet or whatever else for the last seven days, um, hopefully trying to figure out what they're going to do with their defense. But um, I think Oregon, again, once again, is a team that is always gets a little bit overhyped, very similar to my opinion as relate to Penn State. Um, I don't think Oregon is ready to play football with Ohio State. Um, I, I just don't. However, what concerns me is that Ohio State Buckeyes defense – who has not been very good. I mean, they gave up 31 points last week in a, in a game against a team that just ran the ball and they weren't very uh, you know, confusing, so to speak. And it was pass after pass on, on third down where they played man and sent a lot of pressure. Um, but at home, Buckeyes, with a quarterback that was a, is a freshman, he's going to get better. I think they got one of the best wide receiving cores in the country, which is really, really helpful to a freshman quarterback. So I'm going to say Ohio State gets the cover here. Yeah. Um, interesting tidbit about this game, pal. These teams were supposed to play last year. You know, the Big Ten, Pac-12, they nixed the non-conference games. So they amended the contract. They're only going to play one time. Well, if you're going to play one time, where do you play? In Ohio. But Oregon is getting $3.5 million to play this game. Okay. Another fun fact for you, pal. Okay. The Buckeyes, 9-0 and all time against Oregon. One more. The last time these two teams met was when Ohio State won the national title in the first ever college football playoff. Only one team can ever say they did that, okay? Hmm. Well, I'm glad you kind of talked about Ohio State's defense because unless defensive coordinator Kerry Combs decides to uh, start changing a few things up, uh, the Buckeyes are going to struggle to pull away from anybody, okay? There's just so much pressure on the offense and that freshman quarterback because the defense has not proven they can stop anyone. Um, as I am so kindly reminded each and every week we do this show, 
Um, I'm not an X's and O's guy when it comes to football. One, one of our football staff members here you know, tells me, well, he may or may not have played at the Citadel. He might coach uh, yeah, offensive line, offensive coordinator. I think he might he calls the plays maybe sometimes. Uh, right. Usually when it's a run, he, he calls it. I know that. Um, but uh, admittedly, not an X's and O's guy, but when I can figure out what's going on from my living room, you know, something needs to change. Okay. Now, Oregon, they were one of my teams that I thought would make a playoff push this year. Uh, if they're healthy, I think they're a tough matchup for the Buckeyes. As you said, they have some injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but I think this Oregon team is built differently than what we kind of envision Oregon football to be. Okay. They have a physical, very athletic defense. They aren't very good at the quarterback position. Usually they're kind of the opposite. Um, I think Ohio State's balance eventually wears down Oregon and the Buckeyes win. But I think Quacky gets the cover. I'm saying Buckeyes by 10. Oh, man. Yeah. Tough, tough pick there. It is. Tough I, week for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going Ohio State to cover. Uh, I think math boy, C.J. Stroud, quarterback, look a little more comfortable in the second half. Um, this will be his second start. And this is one that at home, so technically <clears> speaking, I think he'll be a little more comfortable. He'll be a little more explosive early. That's enough to get a little bit of cushion going into halftime. I think they do cover. Maybe a push, but I'm going to roll with Ohio State to cover 14. All right, Matt, South Carolina, weird line, travels to ECU, and ECU is favored by two. Coach Whitmore, you're up first. What do you like? Yeah, I think this line has kind of moved back and forth. I think the money's actually come in on South Carolina, but we typically use the opening lines, and when we looked early in the week, it was ECU minus two. Um, you know, I had a few of our local loyal Gamecock faithful kind of puff their chest out and ask me if I saw that game last week. Boy, they're feeling good in the capital city. Woo! Zeb Nolan, he fired four touchdowns against the mighty Eastern Illinois Panthers. The defense pitched a shutout. Guys, I'm not sure if I see a loss on the schedule, and I certainly don't see one this week. Admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about ECU this year, but in my opinion, there's got to be some sort of slight talent edge for the Gamecocks. ECU will be better in Eastern Illinois, but somehow Carolina gets it done on the road. Yeah, old Gamecocks, right? And I heard it all week. The Gamecocks are one and zero, and Clemson is zero and one. That probably hasn't happened in a hundred years. I'd like to look at the data on that, but rightfully so, they did beat Eastern Illinois. Um, South Carolina, they getting paid to go to East Carolina this week? I don't, I don't, I know how that I usually kind of works with big and little schools in kind of reverse order. But anyways, guarantee in there. Correct. I thought that was kind of weird. But anyways, um. Carolina got a shutout. Coach Whitmore talked about that assistant coach who took off the headset and put on the helmet, threw four touchdowns, but he threw for 121 yards. That's top five in the country, though, for touchdowns thrown this year. That is. That's, through, that's impressive. And I'm gonna through go, one game. And I'm going to go the bottom five for amount of yards <laughs> thrown in a game. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, those triple option teams probably threw more. I'm pretty sure Navy probably threw for more yards last week. But anyways, um, they did have a big win. The kid, the people in Carolina are excited. East Carolina was a little disappointment for me. Um, last year's defense was really, really bad for East Carolina. They put a lot of emphasis on that. I think their head coach is a really good coach. He's a proven winner. Um, he was actually at the Citadel, wanted to Citadel, uh, took their uh, Division II team to a national title at Lenore Ryan. They went up to uh, James Madison and won a national championship as well. He's a very good coach. But I wasn't. Uh, East Carolina didn't have many explosive plays against App State. Um, they got a really fast uh, running back, but their quarterback doesn't throw the ball down the field very well. And that was something that I was a little bit unsure about. I thought they'd be able to extend the ball down the field a little bit on some big plays, and they were not able to do that against App State. With this line being within a field goal, 
Unfortunately, the Gamecocks aren't going to win by hashtag Cockies by 90. Is that what they say or whatever? Something like that. Something like that. I've heard a good buddy in Columbia uh, reference that a lot. But I'm actually going to actually have to go with the Gamecocks here. I, I think they, they get a big win on the road and make them 2-0. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to take South Carolina as well. you got to give them credit for something. They've scheduled some wins into the early season. So I think this is no different. I'm going South Carolina minus or plus two. All right, up next, Pitt rolling into Knoxville, Tennessee. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. We got Coach Powell. You're up first. Tennessee Volunteers. I'm sure Coach Whitmore's got some great song he's going to sing here a little bit or whatever the uh, case is. But, <clears throat> oh, boy. Uh, Tennessee, man, they looked bad last week against Bowling Green. Um, it was a rather close game the first half, and uh, – uh, Tennessee was able to pull away a little bit late, but they did not get the cover, and everybody thought that if you couldn't beat uh, Bowling Green by 35 or whatever it was last week, then you're probably not going to be the head coach of Tennessee very long. But they got to win. Pitt Panthers are, are sneaky good. I know they play really good defense. Their head coach um, they is pays pride in defense. They're pretty excited. Pitt has been playing a lot better, I personally think, in the last couple of years. Um they got some big wins last year against Florida State, Virginia Tech. I don't know if a UMass win this past week was considered a very good one, but they did beat them pretty handily. I'm not sure about Tennessee. I'm still going to have to roll my Pitt Panthers here. Go ACC. Yeah, ACC was 0-3 <clears throat> against the SEC last week. Just saying. Notice he didn't <clears throat> say anything about the Big Ten. He's claiming another classification here. Because <laughs> they, they all played each other. I know. I'm yeah, just making reference games. to the fact you don't talk yeah. about the Big Ten. That's um, awesome. Well, it didn't come up as a big flasher on my screen Correct. that the Big Ten didn't win a game. Decide to play each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I'm not going to get into much about these two particular teams because, in my opinion, okay, take it for what it's worth, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't talk about this. And no, pal, I'm not going to sing. Okay. This game is part of a, a, a two year contract that these two teams uh, agreed <coughs> upon called the Johnny Majors Classic. Okay. That's a legendary football coach. He, he passed away last June. Um, if you consider yourself a college football fan, you should have at least heard of Johnny Majors, uh, especially down here in SEC country. In case you hadn't or maybe you recognize the name but you're not too familiar, Johnny Majors played for Tennessee in the 50s. He was All-SEC, All-American, second in the Heisman, College Football Hall of Famer, you name it, he got it, okay? Um, he gets into coaching then and gets the head job at Pitt in 73, wins a national championship at Pitt in 76. After that season, he leaves for his alma mater, comes back to Tennessee, Coaches there for 16 years. He wins 116 games with the Vols, three SEC championships, back-to-back -back in 89 and 90. Um, he was asked to resign after the 92 season. They kind of went downhill. Um, that's when they hired Fulmer, uh, who won a national title there. Uh, but then he goes back to Pitt and finishes, coaches, uh, finishes his career in 1996. Uh, I'm sure my father-in-law, my wife, and, and their families will have some pretty cool memories watching this game. I think it's a close game. I hope I'm wrong. I got to give a slight edge to Pitt and veteran quarterback Kenny Pickett. Um, the continuity of coaching staff and, and quarterbacks should give them a slight edge this year. What I think is probably a pretty even matchup. Next year they play at Heinz Field. I'm going to take the Vols next year, but this year I got to go Pitt. Unfortunately, good pick. The pick coach Whitmore. Yeah, I'm going Pitt three and a half two. I'm, I'm going Pitt. They're going to probably play press man, and if Tennessee can't make him pay, the officials aren't calling pass interference. I think Pitt will have their day their day defensively. So I'm going to take Pitt minus three and a half as well. All right, up next, Toledo rolling into South Bend, 2.30 time slot. Notre Dame's kind of making famous. The Irish are getting sick, or giving 16 and a half. Coach Whitmore, I think you're up. 
Go ahead. Who do you like? Yeah, this is Coach Macy's chance to complain about his defensive coordinator. I'm sure he'll he'll get to that. But uh, Notre Dame rolls. Uh, I'm telling you, Toledo is an upper level upper level MAC school. I think Notre Dame it probably had a pretty good week of practice. Um, there's a major talent gap here. Toledo usually has a pretty good offense. I know they got a bunch of transfers in. I don't know much about them. Um, but I'm saying Notre Dame just kind of figured it out, a little bit of a wake-up call, maybe a little bit embarrassed about how they had to win uh, at Florida State last week and against a team that I thought actually played pretty well, but most people have kind of been dogging on Florida State last couple years. But I say Irish roll by three touchdowns. There you go, Coach Whitmore. I'll beat Coach uh, Macy to the punch as it relates to that defense uh, for the Notre Dame fighting Irish. The Toledo Rockets, man, return one of the most experienced teams in the country. I think they return all 22 starters. And Coach Macy and myself looked this a little bit earlier about the transfer portal. And Toledo found some transfers, some of those SEC caliber defensive players. Um, so, Why are they leaving? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> probably to go start at Toledo Okay, would be my guess. Um, Toledo is a team that typically can score points. Defensively, they're not they're not stopping any lags. If they play in the MAC, that is a uh, basketball on turf uh, conference. Um, Notre Dame defense was a little bit shaky last week. Um, new defensive coordinator, everybody was very high on him. Uh, I was a little nervous for him going to that fourth quarter. Uh, give, you know, had an eighteen point lead, and let that fade. Uh, we're, we're having to pick a winner here as opposed to an over under because I'm going to definitely go with the over here. Um, as a look, it says fifty five. I don't, I'm not sure Notre Dame will be stopped at all versus the Toledo Rockets. Um, Toledo's probably going to score, but like you said, the talent gap, uh, the defense will get back right this week. They'll take care of business. They're not, Rockets receivers aren't running away from Notre Dame's DBs. Notre Dame's got the best safety in the country. I go Notre Dame Irish to absolutely roll this week. Yeah, Toledo returns 21 starters, Coach Powell. <clears throat> they return their top 20 tacklers on defense. I wouldn't be surprised if Toledo is ranked by the end of this season. Notre Dame should have a good week of practice. They should be focused. But remember, they got back from Tallahassee very late Sunday, so they had a short week of practice. Notre Dame is <coughs> down another linebacker. That's three of their top five or six linebackers are done for the year. They moved over a backup wide receiver to the rover position to cross-train him in case he's needed. But right now, left tackles out for eight weeks for Notre Dame. So just a lot of question marks continue for, for my Irish. I'm, I'm going to go Toledo plus 16 and a half. Um, again, look for them to be ranked later in the year, whether they win tomorrow or not. I, I think they'll be a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 type of team. So I'm going to take Toledo and the points. All right, our 9-11 special. We got Air Force minus six and a half at Navy. Coach Powell, what do you like? Man, I'll tell you, this, this, is, this is a game that all, everybody should be tuned into as you talk about 9-11, these two institutions. These guys go there for the, uh, the, the opportunity to go defend our country once they graduate from there. These guys are there for a purpose. Um, Navy has had the upper hand lately, I thought. Um, Air Force got a little ties there. It was probably the only time I've watched Air Force football in the form of the Lake City Panthers that I idolized growing up. Clario Brown uh, was a running back for Clario several years back. Um, he's a, a pilot now for one of the major airlines. So they're going through the air. Navy looked really bad last week. Um, uh, against uh, Marshall, if I'm not mistaken. And that kind of shocked me, to be honest with you. I think Air Force rolls. Yeah, good pick. Uh, Air Force last year won 40-7. to That is really lopsided in these service academy games. Navy gave up 42 last week to Marshall. I can't see Air Force scoring that many again, but I, I don't see much having changed from last year. 
I'm going to go Air Force here. They, I think they win by two touchdowns. Um, they actually were missing a few guys on defense last year that they get back until Navy finds their next dynamic playmaker at quarterback. Um, they'll remain the weakest of the three service academies, Air Force roles. Yeah, I like Air Force as well. Not sure what happened last week with Navy. They still rushed for over 300 yards, only one turnover and lost something like 45-7. to um, I just didn't watch the game, but it's just a weird stat line for me. I'm going to take Air Force minus six and a half. All right, up next, the Cyhawk Trophy in the middle of the country in Corn, Corn Nation, Iowa, at Iowa State. Iowa State minus four in Ames. Coach Whitmore, who would like? Yeah, Cyhawk Trophy is a big one in Ames, Iowa. Uh, this is the first time that these two teams will have met with both schools being ranked. That's crazy to me. Sorry. Um, the, <laughs> the big story here, though, is defense, baby. Uh, Iowa, very stingy defense. They have played 20 three straight games without giving up 25 points. On the other side, Iowa State in their last six games has given up a total of 16 second-half points. Only Texas last year scored a second-half touchdown during that stretch. That also included games against Oklahoma and Oregon, who managed to score three points between the two of them. Okay, Um, Which defense wins out here? I think it's a toss-up. The only difference here for me – Um, I could actually tell you the name of two players on Iowa State's offense. I couldn't tell you the name of any player that plays for Iowa. So another reluctant pick here. I'll take the Cyclones uh, putting it home in a close one. It's kind of funny, those Big Big Ten guys, they reference defense when you could obviously say it's a lack of offense. But anyways, there we go. Um, (laughs) Iowa Hawkeyes um, had a really big win last week against a team that was, you know, presumptively better than them. Iowa State lost a I mean, won a barn burner versus UNI, which I didn't think that should have happened. Um, Iowa, I, I like what they do, man. I've been a fan of theirs in terms of football. They're a hard-nosed football team. I just don't think Iowa State is what we thought they were going to be. We thought they were going to be in, in, the, in the, the potential running because all the returns that they had as a potential team to maybe slip into that Final Four. I wasn't very impressed last week. Iowa had a big win. I'm going to have to go with my Hawkeyes here. <laughs> All right, yeah, conflicting conflicting information for me. Hawkeyes obviously cruised against Indiana. The score wasn't as bad as it, as it showed. Indiana threw two pick sixes, but you got to credit Iowa at least on one of them stepping forward took it to the house. Iowa State really struggled against you and I, but also last year Iowa State lost to Louisiana in the first week and rolled off like nine or ten in a row. Um, I'm going to lean Iowa here, and I'm just going to take the points in what I think could be a really close game, so I'm going to go Hawkeyes. All right, up next, South Carolina State at Clemson. Not even a line on this one, Coach Powell. Good scheduling there up there up there by Greenville and Dabo. But I'm going to set the line at 49.5 because my score indicator said it's going to be 50-0. to zero. So, 49.5, Coach Powell. What do you got? Well, after last week's loss, it's probably appropriate that we do schedule the South Carolina State Bulldogs. But I'm sure Whitmore is going to talk about our scheduling or whatever the case may be. Anyways, Clemson, uh, obviously, they had a lot of offensive issues last week. I think a lot of that had to do with the Georgia Bulldog defense. Um, Clemson, however, everybody's rode them off now, which is awesome for the way they do things up up there in Clemson, up there, Anderson and Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina State, okay, Buddy Pugh's back. Buddy Pugh's an awesome coach. Some great jobs down there in South Carolina State Bulldogs to catch them on a bad week here. Um, they're not the Georgia Bulldogs or the South Carolina State Bulldogs. Um, Clemson is going to win. I'm going to predict a score of 63 to zero. Right. Here we go. What? What are we doing? Like, what? What? What am I supposed to say here? This is an an embarrassment. 
that you guys have to play South Carolina State. What a joke. It is the help South like, Carolina State. Oh, wow. Oh, so now we're a charity. That's, That's great. We're good people. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Dabo. Oh, wow. Give me a break. Hospitality. All right. Clemson. <laughs> Clemson. 87 nothing. I don't know. What a joke. I'm going to take Clemson at 40. I'm going to go something like 55 to 0 or 63 to 7. So I'm going to take them minus 49 and a half. My made up line. 87 nothing. <laughs> All right, up next, App State rolls down to Miami. Miami will be socially distanced, I promise you, because no one will be there yet again. But Miami, minus 8. Coach Whitmore, he like. Yeah, the Canes, they got drilled by Bama last week. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as, as some or, or maybe as bad as it looked sometimes. I, I thought the Miami D looked fast. I think they actually challenged Alabama pretty well. Um, but I was really impressed with, with the Tide's execution. I, I thought the quarterback had to move in the pocket. The receivers did not seem to be running just wide open. I did not watch the whole game, but the, the times that I tuned in, I, I thought it was relatively competitive, even though Bama was dominating – on the scoreboard. Um, I think App State's really good. Nice win over ECU last week. So that'll tell us a lot about uh, about the Gamecocks here with how they do. Um, but I think Miami gets right here and wins by two scores. Um, App State can hang. I'm sure they will early. I just think maybe Miami, with that speed, has a couple big plays on both sides of the ball. That makes the difference here. I'll take the Canes. Man, uh, Miami, unfortunately, played against Alabama. Everybody said that. I will tell you all you need to know about Miami. I'm not sure Alabama wouldn't do that to everybody. So I'm not sure that's a real true reflection of how good Miami is or isn't. Um, App State did have a big win last week. They got that transfer from Clemson. Chase Bryce was throwing dives out there. But, again, it was against East Carolina, slightly different against Miami. Um, I think App State has the ability defensively to keep the uh, close. Miami's going to try to make a statement at home. However, I am going to go with App State to get the cover inside. Yeah, I- I think it can be close. I think the difference is, does Miami's speed force a couple of turnovers, especially early in the game? If so, I think they can really get the ball rolling, and I think Miami will cover easily. If App State kind of hangs around and, and gets, you know, old Uncle Mo on their side, I think App State can cover, maybe not cover, but also win. But I do think that speed of Miami's defense will make a couple turnovers, which will fuel the fire. And I, I'm going to go Miami to cover this one. All right, last, we got Washington traveling across America to Ann Arbor. We know what we say about Ann Arbor, but I'm not going to say it on radio. But Michigan minus six. Coach Powell, what do you like? What do you know about each team? This is a great one to end end our podcast here. Two teams who are unranked. I'm not really sure. Just because they happen to play at 8 p.m., they get the nightcap game, which I don't really understand. But Washington Huskies, man, they lost to Montana. Scoring seven points. <laughs> that is pathetic. Um, the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh, have them right there. Excited, however, they did lose one of their dynamic playmakers. Um, obviously, that's going to hurt them. Um, this is a get right here for Michigan. I think a lot's at stake for the Michigan Wolverines here. Um, they lucked up. They had they thought was going to be able to schedule the top twenty-five team. They lose to Montana, so they bring in a, a winless Washington team to Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm going to actually have to go with the Wolverines here. I'm sad. I hate to actually say that. So Michigan finds a way to not win games, but Washington Huskies are just not good. Yeah, I agree. Um, the team up north, they're lucky that new positive Coach Whitmore is here this year, so I'm not going to be nearly as hard on them. But, it's been uh, tested lately. Yes, it's been tested, and I have passed those tests to this point. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Washington, they, they were inept last week, as, as you said, on offense. Uh, they, <coughs> they're ranked. They lose at home to FCS Montana. You know, the skunk weasels, they look good against one of those directional schools from that state up north. Uh, but this will certainly be a step up in talent. Well, maybe. Okay. Washington D is, is always pretty good against the pass, especially um, the fighting hairballs. As you said, they, they lost their top receiver to injury last week. So they'll need some others to step up. Um, Washington, on the other hand, they were missing their top three receivers uh, last week. They're still out. And they had a fourth go down to injury early in the game. Okay. So they're out basically everybody. Um, I did not watch either team play last week. I did read that Washington is one and eight in their last nine games as an underdog. Okay. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I guess I'll take old Jimmer and the boys to cover in a low scoring game at home. Low yeah. scoring, no shocker there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michigan has to win this game. They absolutely have to. If not, it, is a, it will be another failed year in Ann Arbor and in Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, Washington's just too depleted. They're not very good. They lost to Montana. I mean, Michigan has to win. They will win. They will cover. I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking the Wolverines as well. All right, that's it for this week's college football pick em. Big high school football game tonight. Kickoff at 7.30. Wade Hampton rolling down to May River. Another home game for the Sharks. So good luck to the Sharks, and we'll see you guys next week. Go Sharks! Go Sharks! Go, Sharks. Go America!